0: Good morning, fashion friends. Welcome to Fashion Friday. As I continue our weekly wrap-up of Fashion Week, which is happening in Milan, or just happened in Milan as we speak, and is currently happening now, should be happening right about now in Paris. So interesting to see how each city is handling Fashion Week in a uh you know, COVID world, <laughs> in a during a pandemic, so um, they're all kind of similar. Some are a little bit different. Milan basically had about 28 physical shows with 24 digital shows kind of incorporated in. So almost everyone had some sort of digital show. And when I say digital show, let me just clarify this because. I've noticed this in the fashion world. It basically can be something like a documentary. I saw a lot of that during New York Fashion Week. Um, Sort of the making of the, the fashion line and where they kind of just show backstage scenes sort of um or more candid like a candid interview or um casual interview with the designer talking about their vision and then they kind of show a model in in a fitting they show elements of of a certain piece they'll show a couple different pieces but never full on head to toe uh you know a look which i didn't like i wouldn't mind that in addition to a fashion show, of course, there um, there been, have been music videos, there have been podcasts, and there have been uh, performances. So, um, you know, wearing the clothes. So I kind of have seen lots of interesting things. And I was at dinner with friends recently, and someone asked me, so what was Fashion Week like this year? Did you go to any events? Did, how are the ones that were uh, digital? And I said this. I didn't near, I barely went to any events at all, um, one or two, and mostly, almost everything else I saw online. Did I like it? Uh, the short answer, no. <laughs> the long answer, I was happy that I was able to stay home and feel safe and not have to worry about a crowd. So, in that aspect, of course, I was I, I I enjoyed that aspect of it. But if we set that part aside, and I know that that's the reason why we were at home is because of you know the situation we're all in. Um, did I enjoy the way they handled it? No, I, d- I really didn't. I would have preferred to just see, you know, something even pre taped. They certainly could have done that. Um, a full on fashion show, no audience, just pre taped, you know, social distance and. I mean, that would require, you know, like a skeleton crew and models, of course. Whether they have masks on or not, that didn't bother me. I just want to see the clothes and the movement of the clothes. So that's kind of my my thoughts. Um, so let's get back to Milan. Milan Fashion Week, there were two shows that I wanted to highlight today because I could go on and on and on. This could be like five shows if I talk about each one. But I'm going to talk about Prada and then Fendi because there were, I think well, I was most – Impressed and looking forward to each each of these shows. Prada, basically. By the way, for those of you that don't know, Prada is actually a name, just like most of the, just like Fendi is and Chanel is. Prada is her first name is Mucha. It's a woman. It's a real person. She is alive. Sometimes those name, you know, it's the family name. Her name is Mucha Prada. So she has teamed up with Raf Simmons Raf R A F. If you don't know that, and if you're not in the fashion world, you probably wouldn't know. Raf Simmons is. Uh, well known in the fashion industry. His work is incredible. He's been creative director. He's been designers for other um, houses such as Jill Sander, Christian Dior, and Calvin Klein. He's now with Prada, which is interesting because in the past we've seen lots of changes and shifts with creative directors of, of big designers like this, and usually it's because the designer is stepping down, is uh, retiring, or has passed away, or so it's interesting that she's still quite very much on board. And I have to tell you, I love this woman. <laughs> I feel like I know her. I love her. Um, so they did a show, um, which I'm going to get to in a minute, and digital show, and then they did a conversation with afterwards with the two of them. And they took they had questions that were submitted by audience or you know fans or um clients or whatever so um it was really nice i have to say that was the best format i've seen so far so i got a little bit of both what they were trying to do i got the the perspective from the designer i got where they're going how they've handled this where they see the future what the current temperature is and i got to see the fashion show of the clothes so the show was like this. A little odd, but it was like this. It's basically a room that was yellow. Floor, ceiling, walls, everything looked like somebody just sh- sprayed yellow spray paint everywhere. And then there were these posts all around. Almost reminded me of like if you picture a spider with the long legs. So all the legs were like cameras. They were on these posts with like each post had probably five or six cameras on them and they were all moving, almost like an octopus. <laughs> So the models walked in between all of these posts that were, there were posts, posts hanging from the ceiling, sort of suspended, and the cameras just moved around. So we got lots of different angles, but you saw all these cameras moving as well, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting, um. What did I see? Interesting enough, they talked about, and I'm going to get to what they talked about in just a minute. They talked about this quote-unquote uniform, and I'm saying that in quotes. Uniform, which I I love. I have to say, I love this word, and I realize how much I use it. It's just in you know my fashion life. Let's call it uniform, not literal. So not meaning nurse nurses uniform, policemen, firemen. Uniform meaning meaning almost like your armor what's comfortable to you, what you wear on a day-to-day basis based on your lifestyle and your personality and, um, you know, how it affects you, how, it, um, how you come to it to be. So the show itself was interesting. Very kind of minimal, I want to say, which, again, I was like, okay, all right, I get it. Um, lots of coords, so lots of, like, a top and a matching bottom. Um, Lots of I saw some polka dots. I saw some pointy toe little kitten heel. uh, Lots of my favorites. Big circle skirts. Very 60s vibe. Very June Cleaver type of vibe with like a nipped in waist. And um, colors were mostly black and white. A little bit of pink. A little bit of yellow. um, Very soft color palette. My favorite thing was this satin shift dress was one of my favorites. And uh, again, very, very Prada, very close to the DNA of what Prada is. Um, And again, my favorite silhouette is that circles, big, huge, poofy. It's not poofy. It's just flares out, circle skirt, nipped in at the waist, worn with, which I thought this was so cool. I was looking at this silhouette and this, uh, this look. There were a couple of them in different colors. And I thought, well, that is nothing new. But is it is refreshed. So it was like this, a sweater that did it, that had a maybe a tiny little collar. I think it said Prada, really tiny on the side, on the neck, almost like a mock turtle. Long sleeves, and it had holes in it. Literally looks like somebody cut holes in it, like Swiss cheese. If my grandfather were alive today, he would say, did you pay extra for the holes cut in it? <laughs> and I would say, yes, Gramps. <laughs> um, and then underneath, they wore just like a bodysuit. Or some kind of strapless, like the sweater was black, the underneath was white. So it was intentional, so you can see underneath. And then a big black circle skirt with a big wide belt, very, very 60s looking. And I thought, well, there you have it. Is it anything new? No, it's a sweater with holes in it and something underneath and a a 60s style silhouette it's nothing new but it's refreshed so you wouldn't have worn that in the 60s you probably normally would think of oh a ripped sweater maybe with ripped jeans or leggings no they paired it with something completely the other end of the spectrum very polished a big a midi circle skirt nonetheless so i really loved that Um, So it was interesting. I thought the clothing were appropriate for the time we're in and the time we're going into because it wasn't, like, dreary, sad clothing. It was upbeat but still comfortable clothing with her spin on it, some satins so it wasn't like, oh, it's a bunch of loungewear. It was still her spin on it, but yet uh, it, it had her DNA all over it. So after they had the conversation, and both Raff and Mucha were talking, and they kind of took, very cute together, and they kind of took turns um, speaking. And one of the things she started off saying, I loved this, was um, normally we are with everyone. Now, keep in mind, she speaks, I'm paraphrasing, but she does speak with a heavy Italian accent. So she said, normally we are with everyone. Now we are alone, but yet we're with more people, essentially. So I thought that was a so such a simple point, but great. And, and that really is kind of the essence of what all of this is, the digital world, is there, yeah, they may be now not be with crowds of people, but essentially it's their brand is now getting out to more people because the accessibility. Another thing she said, she, a good point she made was um, during lockdown of how she took the time to reflect, as many of us did, and um, the importance of technology. And the relationship with the machine, which I loved this, of course. So she spoke about, you know, a sewing machine, just sitting down, and how when you can't go anywhere and you don't have anything, you know, you have to rely on almost like go back to basics. So you got to rely on the fabric. And your machine, and um, you don't you don't have technology. Maybe you don't have a, Maybe you don't even have a computer. Maybe you can't go into your office. You don't have a model at your disposal. You don't have a team helping you working. It's just you and your machine in this in this case. So, I thought that was interesting, and uh, she said she you know fully embraced it. Also, uh, there was a question about sustainability. And uh, she spoke and she said, you know, each of us should really embrace sustainability. You know, this is basically doing our part. And, you know, I thought about this a little bit more. And I thought, you know, it's a little bit like I still feel like it's fairly new to some people um, in the fashion world. It's not. It's it's becoming part of the um, the the culture and uh, and the vocabulary for sure. But I feel like I remember when I was a kid. I think about recycling. I didn't know anyone that recycled. We certainly didn't because we weren't really, I mean, yeah, we knew it existed but did we really pay attention to it? No. As a, I'm talking a little kid. Somewhere in my teens I remember starting to, oh yeah, you shouldn't just throw that in the trash. We should be responsible. So it's a little bit like that and now it's odd if you go into someone's home or if you're even walking down the street and you don't see a trash can and a recycle can. I mean, it's it's a little bit odd if you don't see that now. So I was thinking about that. It's kind of the same thing with sustainability in relation to the fashion world. Um, We have to embrace it, and I think we have to be responsible, do our part, It will take time, you know, as I've said before, um, do I still buy fast fashion? And by that I mean things that are not sustainable and I don't know where they're coming from. Yes, I do. They're still in my closet because they've been there for years. However, I'm I'm taking steps forward every day, every week. Each purchase I make, I'm becoming more and more aware. I now know certain brands that are absolutely uh, gone green, let's call it. Um, I know certain brands of, of their whole philosophy behind sustainability. Ability and their and what they stand for. And I know some brands that aren't. So it's just education and kind of going forward with that. Uh, there was also a really good question about, is anything authentic or authentically new, or is everything regenerated? So I thought, oh, this is such a good question. <laughs> and I like that it was given to both, and both Raph and mucha answered. So, um Raf Simmons said, and again, I'm paraphrasing this, he said, you know, every designer wants to be quote unquote new, of course, but a designer should be able to refresh. And especially when it's a designer that's been around for a long time, season after season, and they've gone through many different styles, um, you know, is every is anything ever really new? You know, well, maybe what's new? Is it something completely different or is it something we just haven't seen? So like I spoke earlier about the sweater with the holes in it, you know, is that new? No, we've seen sweater with holes in it. We've seen a circle skirt. I've never seen it together, paired together on runway. So in a sense, that's a refresh and that's you could consider that new. Um, And then Muta chimed in and she said, no, 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 new is impossible. (laughs) So she said to kind of save that for an up-and-coming artist or designer that really wants to showcase their aesthetic and, you know, what their brand DNA is. So maybe that's when, quote-unquote, new, you you know, would be uh, applicable. So um, I thought that was interesting. And I agree with that because again what's new and if you're an established designer you've got a certain aesthetic you certainly have the a brand dna and then you show something completely different that's quote-unquote new i don't know what happens then that could hurt your brand i mean it could go either way but it could certainly hurt your brand i think more than likely it would i don't know you have an opinion on this bob you look like you're contemplating
1: I do. Okay. I didn't realize they gave away how I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just thinking this is very much like the music industry. You know, there's only 16 notes. Yes. And yet songs are new. It, and yet yes. they've taken the same notes that somebody else did and they've made a different sound. Yes. So oh, that's... there's never anything really new. Right. And yet you can do something that feels new. And yes. that's what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. That's exactly right. I think you're right. Music, fashion, uh, sort of architecture and tier design, that kind of thing, probably all along the same wavelength. If we're talking about technology, that's where we would see new. You know, we could say an iPhone is new compared to 50 years ago when we had nothing. (laughs) We didn't have cell phones. True. So that's new technology. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, you're right. You're right. It's very close to music as well. And that's so funny you say that because recently I have realized I've downloaded a couple of songs that I've heard. Oh, I I heard it on social media. I like that. I looked for it. Okay, downloaded. Uh, And three right off the top of my head are just old songs redone. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the old ones. I like the new one even better because it's just different. It's a different singer. They slowed down the tempo and they or they put a little, you know, some kind of a backbeat there or up-tempo beat in the back and kind of just remixed it and it's the same, you know, same song, so.
1: But it's a song you liked before and they haven't killed that. They've just accentuated it, sort of.
0: yeah. Well, maybe maybe. Mm. one song for sure. I liked before one song I didn't dislike. It just it wasn't my time frame. It wasn't like my error. So it Mm. was like an oldies to me. Like, oh, yeah, I appreciate it as an oldies. Now I like it current. Like it sounds different. It sounds, you know, fresh or or refreshed, I should say. Mm -hmm. So Interesting. Interesting. You're right, though, about uh, music. Mm. All right. So the other show I wanted to highlight is Fendi. So and why? Because, listen, all eyes are on Fendi because remember last year? Where are we? Earlier this year. My gosh. No, last year already. Oh, my gosh. I can't even think about this. When Karl Lagerfeld passed away, the uh, iconic Karl Lagerfeld, a woman named Kim Jones replaced him. So. This was a big deal. All eyes were on Fendi to see what she would do, where she would go. And uh, there is still a member, I think it's a granddaughter, of the Fendi family that is heavily involved in the creative direction. So... This one was the inspiration was family, and it was, uh, I believe there was a quote. It was generations reunited at home in Rome, and the quote for the show, the show notes was, from the the inside looking out or the outside looking in, shadows and reflections are cast across collections. So um, it was a lot of, you know, they played the quote-unquote uniform as uh, you know what you'd be what you might be wearing at home and a lot of the silhouettes were kind of taken from that there were lots of sort of sheer layers with something underneath you know um, very kind of like a loose tunic that was very sheer and then there'd be something a little bit more fitted underneath Um, there would be something very sheer like a sheer black with a print underneath there was lots of patterns underneath Um, there were lots of embellishments such as feathers and quilting kind of meant to represent family heirlooms I like that one and uh, most of the silhouettes were things worn in one's home, like in, uh, an apron, house coats, tunics. They were kind of that sort of thing. So the clothes here were really telling a story. That's how I how I felt. Where the uh, some of the other shows, it was more of the collection and staying true to the DNA and the story of where they want to go. This, to me, told the current story. Like, this is where we are right now. This is the style we're putting for And and yet these are collections that are for the spring. So I don't know. To me, this show just told more. The clothes told more of a story on their own. And again, the backdrop was very simple. Lots of just billowy sort of curtains. Um, so I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> so in summary, here's my notes. Um the catwalks, most of the catwalks, were there were, um, if there were a catwalk, the models did not wear masks, but there was no audience. As, like in New York, there were some audiences that were socially distanced with masks. Um, the shows were almost entirely digital. London, in New, it, that was in New York. In London, they kind of reimagined as an, a, a sort of an intimate local presentations and lookbooks. And then in Italy, there were a significant number of shows that were live, um, in-person catwalks with socially distant a socially distant audience. So that was kind of the difference between the three. Um, New York being almost entirely digital, London being just smaller, and then Italy being um, more live in person, but everybody everyone's got a mask. And I did see a couple of shows where I saw the audience, and I thought, oh, that looks like a lot of people. Now, I didn't... I, it could have been the angle it could have been the way they were the camera was i didn't see a crowd of like bumper to bumper people which is usually how it is but i did see people which and everyone did have masks on so i don't know in reality what it was i'm just saying from my vantage point like what i what i saw so that's kind of it so i will have my notes on paris fashion week next week for sure all right on that note i'm going to take a quick break and we come back i have my ask the stylist question which you won't want to miss stay with us on 1490 wgch
1: Or visit them at AdCorpMG.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally. As personally as you do.
0: Welcome back to Fashion Friday. Okay, so before I get to my ask the stylist question, I forgot to mention my absolute favorite fashion show um, that that took place. And uh, I wanted to talk about this last week. So Jeremy Scott the designer that's very quirky. He designs Jeremy Scott. He designs uh, the brand called Moschino. Known for his elaborate fashion shows, known for um, different, um, the most beautiful models, diverse models, as well as drag queens walking on his catwalk, all different types of people. But it is a show, it's a performance. It's one of those types of shows. I've been to these live, and they are a spectacle in the best way possible. Um, He's just really a creative genius. Now, clothes, do do I own any Moschino? I think years ago, I owned one Moschino shirt. It was very cool, um, but it's not really my style. But I love his shows, and I totally appreciate his vision. So having said that, this was my favorite show, and that's saying a lot. So I haven't seen, we haven't seen Chanel yet. So Um, it was basically, he did a filmed marionette show. Oh my gosh! This was the coolest thing. You've got to you've got to type this in Google. Just type in Jeremy Scott Moschino, um, you know, Fashion Week, maybe Fashion Week twenty twenty, or Jeremy Scott Marionette Show. He create it was all filmed, so he it was him in the beginning. He had some popcorn, I think, and he walks up to a little booth where there's a marionette and says something like, "Hey, are you guys putting on a show?" A little banter back for the s, okay, so, and then he goes off, and then the show begins, and it's just a stage a catwalk models and audience member that are all puppets and all marionettes and they were it was so cool so um, he created basically a catwalk with mannequins based on real life models so it was a little bit you could play guess the model if you're really in the fashion world you can guess like you know I re- I guessed a few I've recognized some I don't know their names I was like oh yes you know some of the famous models um, and then there was also a faux front row which they had magazine editors. So Anna Wintour was sitting was a puppet and she was sitting in the front row with her, you know, iconic big black oversized sunnies and her little short red bob and uh lots of other people were in the front row, famous editors from different magazines. So they were also part of the show. They were a, a marionette, not a marionette. I don't they weren't moving. Well, they were moving a little bit, but they're mostly just like a puppet sitting there and they were they looked so real. They were just so cool. Um And uh, the models, of course, the marionettes kind of walked down the runway, and their heads kind of moved, and they turned around. It was just so cute. Just looked like little dolls. Um, They were created by Jim Henson's Creature Shop, as we know, as in in the Muppets. Uh, So these were done really well. Um, The focus was on the human hand, not just the human hand pulling the strings of the marionette, but more about hands are what built the garments. And a lot of the garments... So. There are obviously many versions of his collection. So think about how hard that must have been. He said he started this project in March, by the way. So um, either he had something planned like this, a really genius idea, or, you know, he was just quick on the draw once the the pandemic hit and thought immediately, what am I going to do? I mean, because think about March. Okay, I mean, I feel like we were all still learning so much about this pandemic in March, even though we were, you know, staying at home, we had just started staying home. um, He created this. So there were many versions, doll-sized versions of his whole collection, and some of them were turned inside out. So you could see like the boning, the zipper was exposed. So you really could see the handmade part of, I mean, it was just genius. I really, really loved it. And it was quirky and funny and cute and I liked the music. So Jeremy Scott, favorite show, hands down all right so I want to get to my ask the stylist section so I've been promoting this on social media and I've got lots of great feedback if you'd like to ask a question I read it here um, on the show and you can do that by going to actually anywhere my social media will take you there you can go to my Instagram which is wardrobe underscore envy you can go to the blog which is uh, wardrobeenvy.com. in the upper left corner there's little three little lines you cl- click on the lines and then it says ask the stylist you click on that tab fill out your name and uh, email and question and I answer all the questions regardless of whether I read them on the show or not because I've gotten several so this question comes from Jenna she asks what is the one must have accessory for this fall in particular so, I had you know, my initial gut I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let me let me rethink this. So, two two answers I have for this. One for people that are really staying at home, this is what you got to do. You're working strictly from home, you're barely going out, maybe you, for whatever reason, not just the pandemic, is a cozy robe And for the people that do want to get out a little bit or have to get out a little bit, something vintage. Whether it's crock embossed boots or a fabulous handbag, you've got to get something vintage so it's sustainable. You see I work that in there. Uh, So those are my two choices. And by the way, I have a picture of my vintage handbag on Instagram. Be sure and check that out. And be sure and join us next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH.
1: Co, go, go.